0: You are listening to the Heart of Tradition Podcast. Alright, today I wanted to do a podcast, uh, I guess from a different location, so hopefully the audio will be good, Um, and uh, the thought was to go over sugar a little bit, because I mean it's kind of well known how bad sugar is so it's not like you think to make a podcast on that because people that typically seek out these type of information they already at least know about sugar but it's kind of mind-blowing how it can get us and um, one of the biggest ways that we get sugar in our bodies through liquids those are the most dangerous of all like you know anything from like almond flavored hazelnut coffee syrup invert sugar um coffee world that would probably be the first place where you're getting a lot of sugar in now some people even trace the origin of sugar as far as like popularity in european culture um to coffee and tea and before coffee and tea showed up we never even used sugar We had different types of, uh, I mean, there's also, you know, the new world and we got a lot of other exploration and spice trade and all this stuff. So it's not monolithical what I'm saying, but there is a notion that we had, uh, you know, we had little fruit sugars and they would make, you know, I know in Belgium, they would make like a um, kind of a syrup from, from um, what was it? A certain tree. Um, Then there was people that made like a wheat kind of syrup. And then you have the oat bran syrups and rice syrup solids. And then you had like pectin from from apple where they would make kind of an apple concentrate of pectin and sugar, um, like a like a fruit puree or something. And then this would be used to sweeten things like cream or other things, or added as a dessert, or, you know, basically fruit and cream, that's the old school dessert, and if you go back even further, I mean, you have just cheese, and a little bit of honey, or jam, or something, you know, jams being a little bit more modern, because that was around the times of Napoleon, and the wars, and like transportable foods, which got us in a lot of trouble with refinement, and stuff, but you get back to these old, like, kind of, concentrated fruits and dates and things into little pastes or, you know, just these things they would add on the edges and, 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 you know, in the Roman times they would even cook with it. They'd throw like figs and like dates and all sorts of raisins and stuff in the food. And, you know, you see a lot of that now, even in Moroccan culture, and um, Tunisian and stuff where they kind of flavor that in that way. Um, We were just a lot less sugar oriented, you know, back then. And we would, they would even make flan And custards and stuff like in the Roman times that actually were on the line between sugar and sweet, which we wouldn't really tolerate today. They would almost taste eggy or something, but, um, that was how they did it back then. And to be honest with you, if you go back to the monks, you know, they would eat, um, their food and they would have a big pot of honey on the table. You know, they were all cultivating honey, farmers, monks, and, um, and then they were, you know, making beer as well. But, um, you know, they got to make their money off of something. No, I don't know. Uh, but, um, that was a good trade actually. And, and they, they did a lot of, um, you know, they had honey, they had, they had natural sweeteners. And so that's basically what I'm saying is it was all natural sweeteners and it was low key. I mean, it was like, you know, you get a clementine orange and you're in your stocking for Christmas, right? (laughs) Like we're so far away. So I was watching this Instagram today and it was somebody with, Like a Dunkin' Donuts pumpkin spice latte, frozen something or other. Um, Like, you know, frozen shake kind of latte thing. And he was like, basically, it has over almost 200 grams of sugar in this one drink, which is, it looks to be about half the cup of pure white sugar, which is like kind of mind blowing that somebody could trick you. I don't know what Machiavellian force on earth would do that, but some sort of force would trick you into eating. The equivalent of 16 donuts and, you know, like that much sugar in one exact sitting and you not even notice it. So these are the real dangers is staying away from the coffee, tea world as far as sugar and um and liquids. That's the biggest one. Those all that has to go, you know, like the Cokes and sodas and all that stuff too. everything like that has to go. Now it's becoming popular to do more fermented type of drinks and low sugar drinks, and so you're starting to be able to find more choices. Um, but you, you know, we've gotten spoiled, and sometimes you don't see it. Uh, I I call it the fall of the empire. That's what I've always called the dessert section of the meal is the fall of the empire because it did, it destroyed the Arab empire for sure. Even the word sugar is an Arabic word and in the English language, I mean, well, that's what it comes from. So is alcohol actually, but, um, and well, and they're actually similar, aren't they? But, um, cause you need, well, they're connected. So anyway, um, and the Arab culture, you know, that was the fall of their nation too, you know, and that we don't see these like subtle fall of the nation, the, the decline. And, but it comes through sugar. Sugar is a big piece of the formula. I mean, if you study 12-step addiction, food addiction, alcoholism, you yeah, know, there's a sugar connection to all of it somehow. Like not only in food addiction where sugar is like the number one thing, right? Uh, but even in alcoholism, you know, I've seen people that, don't have never had a drink in their life but they their father was alcoholic and you know but they drink 600 sodas every month and you know they have another way of destroying their liver genetically equivalent to their father (laughs) like you know who was more of an alcoholic or whatever so you see this pattern and it's like a diabetic pattern like it's a weakness you know maybe in 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 the in the genetics where we I don't know where I mean it's cultural too right but the genetics definitely you know if 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 someone's an alcoholic then I can see genetically that passing down into some sort of a diabetic you know if they weren't alcoholic per se they would be diabetic because of the sugar rush of all the alcohol and how that's just liquid sugar once again once again we're in that liquid world the liquid world is the dangerous world when it comes to sugar as far as weight gain as far as metabolic syndrome as far as everything um and so getting rid of all liquids that contain any sugar pretty much (laughs) um you know you need to be down to like five grams 10 grams for the whole drink the whole thing you know the whole bottle and that's just tough to find in the commerce like they're starting to get there now um and um they're starting to get there now but um This is so important because if you don't figure out the sugar part, then you don't see how it affects the generations. And you can't figure out this mystery. You know, Weston Price studied this mystery on the teeth of all these aborigines. And he found no cavities in a lot of different areas of people that had been estranged from modern foods of civilization, I guess, and uh, transportable foods. And they, you know, caused their Which were built up through discovery and war, basically, conquest and war, to be able to bring those foods along, you know, all these trade routes and stuff. And so that type of food has created, um, you know, as soon as it touched the aboriginal cultures they showed immediately, um, effects of that. They were f- in the subsequent generation and it was almost like they were genetically non predisposed, I guess you could say, or less used to it as we are in Europe. And so, um, they felt privy to it. Uh, they fell to it quickly more, more so than like, um, I guess the more the culture was estranged, the the more that they fell Pray to it now the funny thing is is some of these cultures were even european cultures like the gaelic islands and hebrides and um low valley in switzerland and some of these regions that, that did not touch modern commercial foods uh in the 1920s and 30s they hadn't really even been exposed some of those routes and those mountainous terrain they weren't even exposed yet strangely and now of course everything is but um i'm um, and so we 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 go back to this, this this sugar being the whole like almost epitome of a lot of the ill, because in the first generation they would have like cleft palate and like short leg kind of syndromes and like all sorts of crazy like almost deformity stuff. And you're like, wait, with just sugar? It's like, yep, that was what it did when the generation or the genetics first got in touch with it. It was a uh, You know, and then subsequent generations were not as strong, even it was starting to get used to it, you could say. And so you could also follow the same path of alcohol in some ways, because, you know, the Greeks, you know, they've been in touch with alcohol for probably the older than almost any other culture Um, and, or I don't know exactly. I mean, it could be Scandinavia, it could be the Greeks or some Siberian, you know, but the Greeks were at least famously, you know, as far as wine and everything and they have a genetics that's built into it so you can't take that same genetics and apply it to everyone if you take a Chinese person and put them in contact with that same quantity of wine uh, per month or per whatever you can have more problems right and then especially if you go further out into like American Indian other cultures you see it you see that it affects them differently because their genetics their composition uh, their psycho um spiritual i guess interface with life too and how they see things it it, it really is a challenge and so uh, alcohol you see it i guess more clearly um and the funny thing is a lot of alcoholics who drink they're they 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 are not really into sweets you know until they stop drinking and then they become like sweet junkies and so uh, until they also learn that that's also dangerous and they kind of grow up out of that. But um, find sobriety in all areas, not just alcohol, but food and life and, you know, emotions and all that. But so this this is such a key subject because we haven't fully understood sugar. You know, we look at our I guess we we look at how we eat and we're like, I don't eat a lot of sugar. But then if we compare ourselves to like some Kazakh tribe that is more origin of civilizations kind of food where it's high yak butter, high yak ghee uh, put into everything from tea to um, to like as like a gravy of sorts that everything's dipped into little balls of meat or the bread or anything. And so they even have it's a it's like a cosmetic because you wipe some of this on your face as you eat and the way they eat. and so they end up getting that, covered too like facial cream you know and so you get these high fat cultures and high broth cultures and high cooked meat and 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 not raw you know they did a lot of cooked stuff and a lot of them didn't have a lot of access to um you know um like um vegetation in some areas and and even so you're thinking oh all your five fruits and vegetables and all this stuff and all the potassium and you know It's good, I guess. But when you look back at these cultures, it was like raw milk and 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 ghee and fat and broth and uh, cooked meats and like even heavily cooked sometimes, you know, like falling off the bone, you know. And this was like how they did everything. And they were healthy. They were so healthy, their teeth. And there was a wide structure in their teeth. So that's the other thing is that when people follow the sugar mystery, you end up going back into structures that had uh, cultures that had wide teeth, not like the deform deformation or distortion. I, I have I speak French and so I've been doing that for 15 years. So I'm back to speaking English again. And sometimes I miss everything. <laughs> but um, and so um, there's like a distortion um, Oh, Actually, what I was going to say is the teeth are not a distorted wide width, right? They look nice, but the jaw is wide in a sense. They look just almost more abundant as like, if you could say that anthropologically, like as, as a feature of the human, like some sort of abundance in their smile, abundance in their the width of their face. And so it, it doesn't look pejorative, right? You start to, the more you see them, the more you start to see our tight-faced, like rat ratty-looking inner city kind of tense like crooked teeth all smushed together like you start to see that as the actual deformation and not where they're at and so and the funny thing is is whatever is happening around this lower third region of the mouth is also happening around the lower third region of the body in the sense of like the sexual organs so you have more cesareans more you know less childbearing hips and all this stuff that corresponds to this tightening up there corresponds to tightening down there. And so there's a problem and, um, sugar is the path of it. And so when you eat the sugar, you know, it's not like all these bacteria love sugar, right? Like, I mean, they do love sugar, but I mean, if you put sugar out, and and just leave it there's nothing gonna try to eat the sugar it's just like inert right but um there's there's a there's an affinity towards this this kind of type of low oxygen slash low mineral um environment acidic there's an environment that 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 it pushes and certain types of bacteria are favored in that environment and others are not, like a more healthy balance. And so, of course, this causes like tooth and, and calcium to be pulled from the bones to, to like buffer all of that acidity. Like, you know, minerals are the buffers of the acids in the body. And um, so it's trying to buffer that and, you know, stamp it out, a plus and a negative, you know, make it neutral kind of thing. And that pulls all the bone apart and mostly in the mouth and especially the jaw, the upper area of the jaw. And this is what creates the spacing of the teeth and, and, and this tightening over time. So it's, a, it's over time, decades, generations, etc. as we have exposure to certain things like sugar, alcohol, whatever, that we build up into these problems. And we don't see it just like we only see what's in front of us. It's the Basquiat or whatever. Wait, was it Bas- Basquiat or was it, what was his name? It was a French economist and it was the broken window theory. That's it. Where everybody just stares at what happened to the window and they don't see like that, you know, somebody's job is brought into it to replace the window. Somebody else just lost money that they were gonna spend on a suit because now they have to pay for the window and like you don't see all the consequences of the window being broken so it's the broken window fallacy where you just stare at the broken window and this kind of myopic view is is not only a big the biggest error in all things economic um, it's also pretty much everywhere (laughs) so we look at just what's happening now and we don't see wait this exposure over millennia has created a certain type of person and a certain type of structure and, um, and brattiness and rebellion and trapness of the soul that just wants to fight out and lash out because it's just not okay. And we don't see all that. I mean, we don't see it with magnesium either. We don't see how like decades and decades of magnesium exposure equals cancer. Nobody sees that, but of course it does because, They've proven it already in France in 1930, for one, with the soil maps compared to the magnesium fallout um, of the soil and the cancer cases. So they already made that connection. But it's just logical. It's logical that whenever you lower magnesium in your teeth, that the calcium will remain somewhat fragile and, and brittle. And then if you multiply that times your whole body for all your tissues, your nerves, magnesium is a lattice and all of those things well then everything's going to lose its it's flexibilizing power i know that's not a word but it's going to lose its ability to be flexible so that creates hypoxia anything that can't flex can't breathe and so this is brittleness and hypoxia and cracking and, and, and inflammation you know that's where it starts right and lack of fats too throw that in there You know, we should have, we blame sugars for all of this stuff. We should have been blaming flat fats for, I mean, whoops, reverse. We blame fats for everything. We should have been blaming the sugars. So, um, but that's where we got ourselves in the upside down land that we're in now. Where the absurd is now becoming the truth. What we had thought was absurd is becoming the truth. Like so many things are being broken down. People are people who spent years worshiping these big like Christian ministries start to realize that most of their leaders are all fake. And I'm not saying the quiet people of the land in the the religious world are not are fake. No, but these big movements are. And um, so the, the celebrities like there's a lot of those movements. We're finally starting to see through people are starting to wake up. So that's a good thing. So, sugar is another one. It's a big one and it runs through everything. And that drink that I was talking about, that Dunkin' Donuts pumpkin, whatever it was, boy, that is the perfect way to see our society because it's a way to hide the sugar from people. So, people don't see that they're drinking 46 tees- tablespoons of sugar, which is insane. It's like. Do you know how long it takes to pour, even just to pour 46 tablespoons into a glass? Like, and you're going to drink that and it's gone. And you just, your whole body, sugar spike. Even one time that would probably knock me out. Like, I can't even understand that kind of mentality. But the fact that it's out there is part of the culture and we have, and we don't really seem to do anything about it. And we don't fight. We don't fight in so many ways. We just... I'm not saying you got to run around like trying to do protests in front of um, Dunkin' Donuts, but there is a way to send letters to that company. Yes, there is. There's other ways to do things, you know, and be like, hey, we got to, this is ridiculous. We got to step up. And the more people that start doing it, the tidal wave starts to hit. People start realizing, uh oh. People aren't on this anymore, and they're getting it because they're changing it up. I mean, that's not, it's not by coincidence that McDonald's went and bought all these organic snack shops, chains that a lot of Americans don't know about, but that are all over Europe, because they, they have to divest some of their interest into something healthier uh, before they get swallowed up. So, same with the organic stuff, which is unfortunate, but, you know, the more players that get on that score, the more... Diluted the whole organic thing will be anyway, which it already is, so you're still just going to have to learn a lot about farmers' markets and other things to get to get forward in this, but uh, anyway, that was just a little one on sugar. It was just such a big one the fall of the empire it's like it's the one part of the meal that like everything's good, you know you go out for seafood, you have oysters, you have lobster. If you can, and, and a lot of people can, they just don't know it. You can go buy frozen lobster, you can go to the Chinese market and buy like oysters or lobster, you know, you can get better deals, you know, and people can get away with things. And, um, and so it's not just for the rich, but like, you know, you have a jar of oysters. How about that? And like some frozen lobster or whatever. And you're sitting at home and you, you're enjoying yourself and then everything's fine. You start to feel a rise. You get this iodine jolt. You get a B12 jolt from the inside of the lobster, from the head or the body. It's stuff called tamale that's in there. And it just gives you a huge libido and stamina in your legs, right? You take uh, some liver, um, um, frozen liver. You put like a big chunk of it into like a blender with vanilla ice cream or chocolate ice cream. Sounds disgusting, but... um It actually absorb the cream absorbs the blood and something mysterious happens where it's actually totally drinkable. And you're like, wow, I just drank that. And you get this whole like heat running through your whole body, this redness. And like, you just get your color back and all this stuff happens within instantaneously because you're starting to pay attention to food. And, you know, you go through this and you start realizing like, wow, I mean, somebody handed me a raw goat milk the other day with just a little teeny bit of honey in it, just like a tad and it was frozen in like a small bottle and like and i'm just sitting here sucking on this thing the whole day cuz it's hot outside and my only thought is, why did we go so crazy into desserts? This was fine. This cold, refreshing goat milk, raw goat milk with a little bit of honey. This was as far as it needed to go. We didn't need to go any sweeter than that. And, you know, we've we've just kind of lost touch with things that are real. That You know, fr- some frozen cherries, like, bam. You're like, wow, this is amazing. You mix it with a little bit of cream or something. Bam. It's just everything is so much more simple, but we just lost it. And so now we're on this other end of it. So hopefully you, your family and everyone else can drop all the old shit and stop poisoning each other. And it just takes one person to be to, you know, it takes you have to break the expression in France is in order to make an omelet, you have to break some eggs. So it takes one person to break the egg and be like, hey, this is fucked up, you know, that we're fucking killing each other here with this fucking poison. And you're like, wow, why would you say something so confrontational? Because it needs to be said one time. That's it. And once it's said one time, everybody heard it. That's it. You can't pull the, you can't put the rabbit back in the magician's hat. Once you see the trick and it comes out and people see it, that it's like bothers you, that it really is serious, and you walk away, then they start to think about it, and it plants a seed. And that's the the truth is, truth is not about pussyfooting and you know passive. It's about standing up, saying the truth when it needs to be said not hurting other people either like in that situation of course you know you're just speaking for you but you're just like i'm just won't touch that i just won't touch it because i know it's poison you know you can frame it that way if you need to but you can definitely show your aversion and not hide it because they appreciate those things because they need to see it they need to see the truth of it you know and you know one of the things i did back in the day was i remember i met this person she had like huge sugar addiction and you know, we just like we're sitting there eating like some sort of muffin or something. Somebody offered us something for free, so it's like all of a sudden you get this free muffins and free. And I was like, "Isn't that great?" Like, look, we get offered all this stuff, just such abundance. And I was like, "You know what we should do with it? We should go walk over and throw it in the trash can." The people who had gave it to us had were gone now, so it was like she was like, "Are you crazy?" I was like, "No, no, no, do it." So I was like, "Do you want to do it?" She's like, "Okay, I'll do it." She walked over there, she threw it all in the trash, and that was a victory right there. So anyway, hopefully that can help somebody and uh, get people on the right track towards f- real food that actually helps people and builds brains and hearts and, and you know doesn't treat the animal kingdom as like some sort of thing we have to pity and we have to run around protecting every duck and animal and dog and you know like a bunch of broken inner children trying to project their inner child brokenness onto the animals around them. The better way to see it would be to see all these things as strong, see the duck as strong, see the dog as strong. And how they're looking at you like saying, hey, you need to figure some of this stuff out so we can be saved here on this planet. Because if you don't do it, we can't do it. And so you need to stop paying attention to me and babying me and humanizing me. And you need to just get me to be a dog. I just need to be a dog. I need to be free. I need to be able to like run and and have my own access and not be treated like a little lap dog or whatever it is and you need to get me real food like that's just level 1 right but then you got to do it for you right you got to do it all for you like we give the reason i bring up the dogs is cuz we give all the dogs like all of the best food all of the liver all of the the all the vitamins that you see at a given market they all are in the dog area and you're just like this is ridiculous you know and it's not it doesn't serve the dogs either because they just the dogs need to be in their right place for this to work down here we have to not give up you know the right foods for ourselves uh in that sense now of course i'm not saying you know you can't feed your dog right <laughs> i'm just saying you got to have an order about all this because otherwise the world does go towards the dogs and that's exactly what that means and that actually is a synonym for the beast it goes towards that type of animalism where we forget our spiritual um stewardship and our duty with the animals which is not to baby them and to try to go run around protecting every duck and every lizard but or, but to protect their group meaning their group soul meaning when you see how they've taken the angus steak you go to any place in america you try to find a steak what is it made of black angus do you think that's helpful nope you just destroyed your stewardship is null and void you just made all of those genetics concentrate into one genetic code so you are actually harming the animals now if you had thousands and thousands of different types of steaks and animals to choose from even if you were eating them doesn't matter you are still protecting their herd you're protecting their genetics you're protecting their group soul and that's how you protect the animals is through that element not through trying to save one individual. You're trying to use what they have as to offer us, like the gifts and the cholesterol for the brain and the the fats and all those things they give to our children's hearts and minds and brains to, to grow into strong people. You need to take that offering and not pee on it by trying to just avoid nature or get away from it or save it or whatever because you're afraid of death and you're afraid of cycles and you're afraid of, you know, you're not eating the crab, but you're afraid to see that shark smash it to pieces and eat it like all of that fear right so we got to overcome that too but anyway if that can help this is just a food i guess podcast but sugar is the key you know door that gets us into all this trouble and then from there we got to get the reason why it's all connected, I guess I'm trying to say, is that sugar is basically what pushes out liver. Sugar pushes out those foods. Uh, sugar pushes out those tastes, those bitter tastes like that are in liver, that are in other things that we used to have, like different types of plants and even different types of salad that would be bitter and endive and all this stuff. It's been pushed out of our diet because we're such sugar people. And so we have to get rid of one to, to find the other. So anyway, come check us out at theheartoftradition.com, which magnesium is actually one cure to the sugar paradigm because it helps the body process sugar better magnesium and it's not just a little side pocket it's probably one of the key features of magnesium and that's why it works for concentration and hormones and everything else because it allows the body to process the sugar into our concentration into stamina and into better detoxification of the system so come check us out at theheartestradition.com for the transdermal magnesium in glass and all the other podcasts of this nature